Welcome, my fellow thrill seekers, to another episode of Tales from the Road, Spooky Lore, Haunted Legends, and Abandoned Ghost Towns, where we explore the spooky lore, haunted legends, and abandoned ghost towns across the globe. Today, we are going to deviate a bit from our previously planned episode, and our journey will take us to the enchanting city of Savannah, Georgia. Savannah is a place steeped in history and shrouded in mysterious tales. So join us as we uncover the secrets lurking within the cobblestone streets and dive into the supernatural side of what some claim to be the most haunted city in the country. This episode will be a bit longer. Honestly, this is the one I'm most excited about just based off of what we caught and all of the stories. But just stick with me because we have a lot to unpack. Mike and I even had some of our own experiences that we'll make sure to include. For anyone who was super excited about the Devil's Tree episode, we are currently writing and recording that, so that will be up next week. We also visited some other creepy and eerie locations on our road trip that we recently took to Savannah, so we'll be making episodes on those as well and throwing them into the mix as special episodes like this one. All right, let's get started. Okay, so our first stop on this eerie expedition brings us to Moon River Brewing Company. Mike and I drove up to Savannah after work on a Thursday and our stomachs were growing and our curiosity definitely was picked. We couldn't resist the allure of dining in a haunted brewery. Also, it was really late and most of the places were closed around us. As we approached the building, we realized that its unassuming exterior definitely hid the dark and haunting past that lays within. Even when you walk through the front door, it doesn't seem that haunted. According to local legends and numerous witness accounts, Moon River Brewing Company, once a hotel in the 19th century, is believed to be haunted by restless spirits. These supernatural occurrences have been reported by both patrons and staff, adding an extra layer of intrigue to the establishment's reputation. As we stepped inside, the air did seem to thicken a bit, but I think that was just because we knew that this was haunted to begin with. To be completely clear, when you walk in the building, it seems like any other restaurant in Savannah. It's super cool, but it doesn't really scream ghostly. Savannah, Georgia is a town that's renowned for its Spanish moss, beautiful parks, squares, rich history, and ghostly tales. One location that stands out is the Moon River Brewing Company, which I was just talking about a bit. So for over 10 years, both of the staff and patrons of the brewery have reported numerous ghostly sightings, encounters with shadowy figures, and other paranormal events. The fame of the Moon River Brewing Company's hauntings have spread nationwide, and it's even attracted the attention of TV shows like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. As a result, the brewery has become a popular stop on Savannah's haunted pub crawl tours and other ghostly adventures. The Moon River Brewing Company is housed in a building that was constructed in 1821, initially known as the City Hotel. The hotel served as a gathering place for Savannah's affluent residents who indulged in imported spirits from around the world. Over the years, notable figures such as James Audubon stayed at the City Hotel for extended periods. However, the hotel's days came to an end in 1864 when it hosted its final guest, shortly before General Sherman's infamous march to the sea during the American Civil War. During Savannah's numerous yellow fever outbreaks, the building did function as a makeshift hospital, resulting in the deaths of many, particularly children, on its upper floors. This history explains the frequent sightings of child spirits within Moon River Brewing Company. Following its use as a hospital, the building went through different stages, including being a storage space and an office supply store. It sat vacant for nearly two decades, and it was eventually purchased in 1995 and transformed into the Moon River Brewing Company. One area of the brewery that attracts significant attention is its basement. It's here that the most famous ghost, nicknamed Toby by the staff, is often sighted, quietly moving through the shadows. Many visitors on ghost tours through the Moon River Brewing Company make a point to explore the basement. Some have reported chilling experiences such as sudden drops of temperature, hearing voices without clear comprehension, and an overall eerie presence. 
While it's unclear whether these encounters can be attributed to paranormal activity, numerous people have described similar sensations when entering into the brewery's basement. The second floor of the Moon River Brewing Company is also known for ghostly occurrences. This is where the infamous shooting of James Stark took place. Stark was killed either on the staircase or near the kitchen, depending on differing accounts. Savannah's stories have various versions, depending on who you ask. Stark's ghost is said to wander the main floor of the brewery. Dining at the Moon River Brewing Company can sometimes lead to paranormal encounters. There have been many incidents where individuals have experienced unexplained events. For instance, one visitor had a frightening experience in the woman's restroom. The door inexplicably became jammed, refusing to open until she frantically called for help. Upon sharing her experience with a waitress, she learned that similar events have occurred before, as the ghosts seemingly favor the woman's restroom for some reason. Such occurrences can leave a lasting impression, leading some people to avoid revisiting the brewery altogether. The upper floors of the Moon River Brewing Company have seen a variety of ghosts and shadowy events and are actually close to the public. Reports include sightings of the Lady in White, incidents of people being pushed down the stairs, and construction crews being chased away by unseen forces. The fourth floor in particular has been noted for its dark energy. During the city's yellow fever outbreaks, this floor, along with other parts of the building, served as a makeshift hospital, which we mentioned before, witnessing countless deaths caused by the disease relentless grip. It's plausible that the energy and ghostly encounters experienced on this floor are connected to the suffering and loss that occurred during its use as a hospital. The brewery's eerie reputation is supported by other witnesses and stories shared on the internet. I went down a rabbit hole of Reddit threads regarding the brewery, and several individuals shared their experiences and opinions regarding the haunting of the upper levels of the building. So as mentioned before, Mike and I spent our first dinner at Savannah at the Moon River Brewery. As we entered, we did have a sense of anticipation just because we knew what to expect, but honestly, it wasn't that crazy. It does have a bit of a dimly lit interior, which like excludes an eerie ambience, enhanced by whispers of ghost tales echoed through its walls, right? Like there are literally photos on the walls of ghosts. So you get the feeling. We were directed to a table that was tucked away in the furthest corner of the restaurant, and it was next to an old phone booth. It was a very isolated spot. No other patrons were nearby, which I'm sure added to the feeling. We didn't tell anyone we were there to experience something. So it was kind of interesting that everyone else was sitting at the front of the restaurant and we were by ourselves in the back. So as we settled in, our attention was drawn to a flickering light that was at the table next to us. It was literally just swaying there. It very well could have been a draft, but it definitely added a further layer of spookiness to the atmosphere. So adding to the, you know, creepy feeling that I was explaining before, there was literally a photograph that was displayed on the wall in our booth of a lady in white walking down a hallway. We didn't experience any extraordinary occurrences while we were there, but we did feel like we were being watched a bit. Throughout the evening, I couldn't shake the sensation of something brushing my ankles or grabbing my ankles. It was actually pretty annoying. I even pulled my feet up onto the booth at one point because of it. It could have just been my mind playing tricks on me, but also I wouldn't be shocked if something was touching my ankles. I just want to add that we were seated literally right next to the staircase and the kitchen. So we're pretty much in the spot that we've already discussed. I think that if we were going to have an experience without being on the top floors or the basement, that's probably where it would have happened. Okay, so moving on. One Reddit user shared a photo they took of the Moon River Brewing Company building, specifically focusing on a silhouette in the second story window. They acknowledged that the silhouette could potentially be a reflection or a statue, but they found it creepy and intriguing. This image definitely sparked a conversation about the haunted origins of the brewery. Another user's friends had an encountered a dark figure in their room, which disappeared upon their command. This encounter was accompanied by a whoosh of cold air, expressed in a belief the figure they saw could have been a demon rather than a ghost, adding to the chilling nature of the reported hauntings. An additional Reddit user shared their experience of visiting Moon River Brewing Company during a Girl Scout troop trip. While in the basement, they encountered a playful atmosphere with balls on the pool table constantly moving. However, upon reaching the top floor, they felt an overwhelming pressure on their chest, a profound sense of sadness, and the feeling that the world was ending. These intense emotions compelled them to quickly leave the floor. 
Weeks later, they discovered the historical information suggesting that the building had been a hotel known for its illicit activities and violence. They connected their intense experience to the death of a prostitute who was shot and fell to her death near the stairs. These accounts shared on Reddit provide a firsthand experience with insights into the paranormal activity associated with Moon River Brewing Company. While these stories cannot independently be verified, they contribute to the overall lore and reputation of its haunted brewery. It's important to note that the experiences shared on the internet, including the Reddit thread, should be approached with an open mind. Some individuals may be more inclined to believe in the paranormal. Others may attribute these encounters to psychological factors or suggest alternative explanations. For those who are interested in the paranormal, the Moon River Brewing Company offers the opportunity to explore its haunted reputation. The Savannah Haunted Pub Crawl, a popular ghost tour, occasionally visits the brewery, allowing visitors to hear the stories and experience the location themselves. Ghost hunting groups frequently visit the Moon River Brewing Company throughout the year, eager to investigate its reported paranormal activity. However, Due to the building's proximity to the main street in historic Savannah and its thin walls, conducting investigations can be challenging. Despite these limitations, the basement remains the most active area within the brewery, and many paranormal groups encounter entities in this particular location. If you wish to visit the Moon River Brewing Company and its ghostly residence, you can find it at 21 West Bay Street in Savannah, Georgia. Apart from the haunted tales, the brewery is also known for serving fantastic brews and delicious food. It's an intriguing destination to explore during your next trip to Savannah. And who knows, you may have an encounter with one of the lingering spirits that have chosen not to leave this beloved establishment. From the spirited halls of Moon River Brewing Company, we're going to venture deeper into Savannah's enchanting historic district to discover another captivating establishment with a rich past, the Old Pink House. Located at 23 Abercorn Street, this iconic Georgian mansion has stood as witness to centuries of history and is now renowned for its elegant dining experience. As you step through its doors, you're transported to a bygone era where whispers of old tales and the lingering presence of spirits merge with the clinking glasses and aroma of scrumptious Southern cuisine. Join us on this journey as we uncover the captivating stories that surround the old pink house, adding another layer of intrigue to Savannah's ghostly tapestry. The Old Pink House, located in Savannah, Georgia, is a historic landmark known for its rich history, exquisite cuisine, and reputed paranormal activity. This iconic building, with its distinctive pink exterior, has captivated visitors for centuries with its architectural beauty and its enigmatic past. As we look into the history of the Old Pink House, we uncover intrigue, tragic events, and ghostly encounters that have solidified its reputation as one of Savannah's most haunted locations. Originally constructed in the 18th century, the Old Pink House has witnessed the ebb and flow of history throughout its existence. It was initially built as a residence for James Habersham Jr., maybe saying that wrong, one of Georgia's most prominent figures and a founding member of the Georgia colony. The house remained in the family for several generations, undergoing modifications and expansions over time. In the early 19th century, the property changed hands and served various purposes, including functioning as a bank, a law firm, and even a tea room. This house is huge. When you walk by it, it's just monstrous. To think that, you know, one family lived there is crazy and really cool. You should definitely go see it. So one notable event in the old pink house's history occurred during the American Revolutionary War. So in 1779, British forces occupied Savannah and the family fled, leaving the house behind. Legend has it the General James Habersham Jr., son of the original owner, returned to the city disguised as a beggar and secretly observed the British occupation from the attic of the house. His bravery and determination to gather intelligence for the Patriot cause have contributed to the Old Pink House's storied past. As the years went by, the Old Pink House developed a reputation for paranormal activity. Many visitors and staff members have reported encounters with ghostly entities, mysterious voices, and unexplained phenomena within its walls. These occurrences have attracted the attention of paranormal enthusiasts and investigators, contributing to the building's allure. One of the most well-known ghosts associated with the Old Pink House is that of James Habersham Jr. himself. Witnesses claim to have seen his apparition roaming the halls. 
dressed in 18th century clothing. He is often described as a distinguished figure, eternally connected to his beloved home. Visitors have reported feeling a distinct presence, a sensation of being watched, or even encountering a transparent figure reminiscent of the Revolutionary War era. Another famous ghostly resident is said to be a former servant girl named Emily. Emily allegedly met a tragic end when she fell to her death from a third-story window. Her spirit is believed to linger within the old pink house, occasionally making her presence known. Witnesses have reported hearing soft footsteps, disembodied laughter, and even a feeling of gentle touch from an unseen hand. Some accounts mention the scent of lavender, which is said to be Emily's favorite fragrance. The old pink house's ghostly reputation extends beyond its human inhabitants. Reports of spectral animals, including cats and dogs, have also surfaced over the years. Visitors have claimed to hear phantom meowing, barking, or sensation of animals brushing against their legs. Despite no physical creature being present, these ghostly pets add an extra layer of intrigue to the already haunting atmosphere of the old pink house. With such a storied past and numerous ghostly encounters, It comes as no surprise that the old pink house has attracted the attention of paranormal investigators and television shows. Notably, the popular series Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures have both featured the old pink house in episodes dedicated to exploring its supernatural reputation. These investigations aim to shed light on the mysterious phenomena experienced by countless individuals over the years. So if you want to learn more about the old pink house, I would definitely suggest watching these episodes. So Mike and I did not have the chance to go into the old pink house. We did, however, walk around the perimeter of the property. I had downloaded an app called M2, which is supposedly one of the most sophisticated ghost monitoring apps available for a cell phone. I'm not sure if it really works, and it's definitely back and forth online, especially on Reddit, whether or not folks believe it. But as we walked around the property, I ran the EVP function, which ultimately listens to the phone's surroundings and uses all the phone sensors to pick up energy and, you know, other things from the spirits. And then the app's algorithm takes the data that's processed and it puts it into words and it like audibly speaks and displays the word on your phone. It's not in the ghost's voice per se. It really does just sound like the phone speaking something, almost like Siri. But it does add a layer of creepiness, I guess you could say, as you're walking around the city. So anyways, I did decide to try it out because why not? And when walking up to the old pink house, our app did say approaching and civil, which is super interesting. So despite all of its ghostly encounters, the old pink house remains a bustling restaurant and an event venue. It offers guests a unique blend of history, fine dining, and ghostly tales. Patrons can savor the flavors of traditional Southern cuisine while immersing themselves in the ambiance of the building's haunted past. The old pink house stands as a testament to Savannah's rich heritage and its enduring connection to the supernatural realm. So our next stop on our tour of Savannah is to the historic Savannah Theater. I have personally been drawn to the historic Savannah Theater every single time we visit the city. I don't even make an effort to go there. We just end up walking by and I'm always just taken aback by how beautiful it is. It is such a cool location. I haven't had the chance to go inside but I definitely want to, and there's actually three-hour paranormal investigations that you can pay for, and you can go investigate the inside of the theater. Okay, so the historic Savannah Theater in Savannah, Georgia, is not only known for its rich history and captivating performances, but also its reputation as a paranormal hotspot. Over the years, numerous visitors and staff members have reported spine-chilling encounters and unexplained phenomena within the theater's walls, which adds an extra layer of spookiness to its already, you know, pretty ghostly past. Paranormal encounters at the historic Savannah Theater range from disembodied voices and footsteps to sightings of apparitions. Many individuals have reported hearing whispers or conversations from empty corners of the theater, as if the echoes of past performers still linger in the air. Footsteps have been heard backstage when no one is present, leading some to believe that spirits of the actors and stagehands from long ago continue to roam the theater. One of the most famous ghostly inhabitants of the theater is known as Charlie. Legend has it that Charlie was a stagehand who tragically fell to his death during the construction of the theater. His presence is often felt by staff members and visitors alike. With reports of doors opening and closing on their own, lights flickering, equipment being mysteriously moved, 
And some have even claimed to see a shadowy figure resembling Charlie lurking in the corners of the stage or backstage areas. Another paranormal hotspot within the theater is the balcony. Visitors have reported feeling an inexplicable sense of unease and the sensation of being watched from unseen eyes. Some have witnessed the apparition of a woman in an elegant white dress believed to be a former actress or patron of the theater. Her ethereal presence adds an eerie ambiance to the balcony, leaving many in awe to wonder about her beauty, her identity, and her connection to the theater. The basement of the historic Savannah Theater is also said to be a focal point for paranormal activity. It's believed that the spirits from the Savannah's past, including soldiers from the Civil War era, find solace in the depths of the theater. Visitors have reported feeling cold spots, hearing distant conversations, and experiencing an overwhelming sense of sadness when venturing into the basement. These encounters serve as a reminder of the theater's historical significance and an imprint left by those who walked along its halls long ago. So paranormal investigators and enthusiasts have been drawn to the historic Savannah Theater, seeking to uncover the mysteries that lie within its walls. I mentioned that you can literally pay to go and investigate the theater. It's pretty cool. I really, really want to do it. If anyone has done it, let me know and also let me know what you found. So various investigations have been conducted employing electronic voice phenomena, which is EVP, that's what I mentioned before, electromagnetic field readings, and other tools to capture the evidence of supernatural activities. While the findings may be inconclusive, the stories and experiences shared by witnesses continue to fuel the fascination surrounding the theater's paranormal reputation. Also, just to say, I have been watching some episodes of various shows where they explore the theater, and some people have caught some really compelling evidence. There's an episode, and literally you see a figure darting across the screen. Maybe it's made up, but I don't think so. Despite the ghostly tales and chilling encounters, the historic Savannah Theater remains a thriving cultural hub showcasing a diverse array of performances and entertaining audiences from near and far. Whether you visit for the thrill of the paranormal or just love live theater, the historic Savannah Theater offers an experience that intertwines the realms of history, artistry, and the supernatural. All right, now that we're diving right in, we are going to start talking about something that has personally happened to me. So join us as we explore the eerie corridors of the 1790 Inn. The 1790 Inn is a charming bed and breakfast known for its paranormal activities. Guests have reported encounters with ghostly apparitions, unexplained noises, objects mysteriously moving on their own, and many more. This location makes me most excited because I have stayed a few nights within its walls and I personally have witnessed firsthand the supernatural occurrences that have made this inn infamous. I'll go into my experience in a little bit, but first let's go through a little context. The 1790 Inn is a historic bed and breakfast in Savannah and it's renowned for its charm, hospitality, and paranormal activity. Even Miley Cyrus has stayed there. It has become a popular destination for those seeking a brush with the supernatural. With its rich history and documented ghostly encounters, the inn offers guests an opportunity to explore its mysterious and unexplained happenings. Among the spirits said to inhabit the 1790 inn is Anna, one of the most well-known ghosts. Guests staying in room 204 have frequently reported experiencing strange happenings such as jewelry or clothing being mysteriously moved from one place to another. Some have even claimed to feel nudges or witness their bed covers being inexplicably shifted. Anna's presence is described as mischievous but friendly and always making her presence known. According to local folklore, Anna was a young bride caught in an arranged marriage who fell in love with a sailor in the 1800s. As his ship sailed away from Savannah, she allegedly threw herself out of a third floor window ending life in the brick courtyard below. Some believe she met this tragic fate at the hands of her angry fiancé, who paid for her passage to Savannah. Another notable spirit at the 1790 Inn is Thaddeus, a young boy who occasionally is sighted on the ground floor of the restaurant and tavern. He's known for leaving shiny pennies on the tables in the bar and the front desk. Guests who have encountered him describe a warm and unexplainable presence adding to the inn's paranormal allure. However, not all of the spirits of the 1790 Inn are friendly. There is a less amiable entity that is occasionally encountered in the kitchen area. The sounds of clinking metal bracelets often precedes incidents of pots and pans being violently tossed about, 
or spice jars being hurled at unsuspecting kitchen workers, this malevolent presence contributes to the eerie atmosphere of the inn. In addition to the documented spirits, the 1790 Inn has hosted numerous guests who have shared their own chilling experiences. Approximately eight years ago, during my own stay, I encountered several inexplicable incidents that left me questioning paranormal activity within the inn's wall. Despite staying in a room that wasn't officially recognized as haunted, strange events did unfold, intensifying the intrigue surrounding the inn. Also, just to say, before I got there, I knew it was haunted. I didn't know who haunted it, what was haunted about it, and honestly, I didn't want to find out. I was really freaked out staying at this inn, and my friend had booked the reservation, so I didn't really know the stories about it until we took a ghost tour that actually stopped at the inn a couple days into our stay. So I'll just give you that context as I continue on. One recurring phenomenon involved my towels mysteriously disappearing. I'm not even joking. Multiple times we discovered our towels had just straight up vanished before we even got to use them. At one point, it got so annoying that we called the front desk and we asked for replacements. We also asked for housekeeping to just not come anymore because why would you take towels that weren't dirty? And strangely, the staff at the front desk swore that no one had entered our room to clean or remove any towels. Literally, housekeeping did not come yet. This happened multiple times. We called the front desk a couple of times, and every time they assured us that no one had come into our room. I swear someone was messing with us, and maybe it was Anna, maybe it was another ghost, or maybe it was a housekeeper who just didn't keep tabs on when she entered rooms. But either way, it really freaked me out. So this kept happening on separate days, and it just left us baffled as to where our towels had vanished or who might be responsible. We still don't know. I did ask my friend about this because this was obviously a long time ago, and she knew exactly what I was talking about the second I said, hey, remember when we stayed at that haunted inn? So it's not just me. I may be crazy, but I'm not that crazy. Another bewildering experience I had involved the disappearance and reappearance of my deodorant. When I got there, I left all of my stuff in my suitcase because I was a college kid and I didn't unpack anything. I just pulled stuff out of my bag. Well, I couldn't find my deodorant and I knew exactly where I packed it, so that didn't make sense to me. I went as far as buying a new stick and went along with my day. To my astonishment, while packing up at the end of our stay, I found the missing deodorant sitting alone in one of the dresser drawers. That really freaked me out. We literally didn't put anything in the drawers. We had only checked just to make sure we hadn't lost anything. I feel like my shared encounter adds credibility to the uncanny nature of our experiences at the 1790s Inn. But trust me, that is not all. And I honestly wish it was. One of the most unsettling incidents which, just to say, after doing some research, I wonder if it was more playful than creepy, but it definitely took me by surprise, took place in the inn's dining room during a breakfast buffet. So for context, the buffet was kind of near the front desk, and that whole area is connected to a dining room, and supposedly that's where the ghost of the child is. I didn't know this at the time. So I was serving myself, I think I was serving myself eggs, to be honest. I witnessed a serving spoon literally get lifted up out of the serving tray, and thrown onto the floor. It wasn't an accidental slip of an object falling off a table. It straight up got lifted up and tossed. I'm not even kidding. Witnessing this event left me in this complete state of shock. I honestly was pondering the supernatural forces that were happening there before, but this really got me going. This was on our last day of the stay, and I was pretty happy to get out of there. These personal encounters, along with the stories of Anna, Thaddeus, and the malevolent kitchen spirit, contribute to the rich history of the paranormal experiences at the inn. While skeptics may offer an alternative explanation, the collective accounts of guests in the inn's documented history create an atmosphere of mystery and fascination that continues to draw visitors from around the world. Also, I don't care if you think my story's fake. I'm telling you it happened. Okay, now that I'm being super aggressive... Whether one believes in the existence of ghosts or not, a stay at the 1790 Inn invites guests to immerse themselves in its century-old ambiance and embrace the possibility of encountering the unexplained. The Inn's reputation as a haunted destination, combined with its warm hospitality and historic charm, offers a unique and memorable experience for those seeking an otherworldly adventure. At this point in my life, I think I would go back and stay. 
It was a really nice inn. It was a cool experience. Nothing that crazy other than just playful jokes happened to me. So I would definitely go back. Like I said, if you've had an experience at the 1790 Inn, please share it with me. I would love to know and I'll help feature you on our podcast. Okay, moving on. Forsyth Park, a picturesque and expansive green space located in Savannah, Georgia, is not only known for its beauty and historical significance, but for its reputation as a paranormal hotspot as well. So within its rich history and tranquil atmosphere, the park has attracted countless visitors who have shared their chilling encounters and unexplained phenomena, adding an air of mystery to this beloved landmark. One of the most famous ghostly legends associated with Forsyth Park is the tale of the ghost of Forsyth Park. According to local folklore, a Confederate soldier named named William Gordon haunts the park, particularly around the Confederate monument. Gordon was known for his involvement in the Civil War and his tragic demise during the Battle of Fort McAllister. Visitors have reported seeing a spectral figure dressed in a Confederate uniform wandering the park, emitting an eerie presence that lingers long after their encounter. In addition to the ghost of Forsyth Park, other paranormal experiences have been reported throughout the park's history. Visitors and locals alike have recounted hearing disembodied voices, whispers, and footsteps while strolling through the park's pathways, even during late hours of the night. Some have described a feeling of being watched or an unexplained presence nearby as if unseen entities are observing their every move. Furthermore, several reports have surfaced regarding an apparition of a young girl playing near the fragrant garden. Witnesses claim to have seen a translucent figure giggling and running through the flowers, only to vanish into thin air. The spectral presence is believed to be the spirit of a child from long ago. It adds a poignant and somewhat melancholic aspect to the park's ghostly tales. The haunting of Forsyth Park has captured the attention of paranormal enthusiasts, historians, and locals alike. Ghost tours and paranormal investigations are conducted in the park, providing visitors with the opportunity to delve into the supernatural side and potentially witness or experience their own encounters with the unknown. As Mike and I were walking through the park, we received seven EVPs, all within minutes of each other, which was actually really strange because up to this point, we had only received one to two every maybe 10 or 20 minutes. Some of the EVPs made no sense whatsoever. Actually, most of them didn't. So if for some reason you can string these together in some way regarding to Forsyth Park, let me know. But the following words came through in this specific order. Paul, Gold, Angel, Charlene, Visitor, Influence, and Zebra. Were these random words or did they have something to do with the part of the park we were walking through? I have no idea. We were near that statue though. It's worth noting that personal experiences with the paranormal can vary and they're obviously subjective in nature. Skeptics may offer an alternative explanation for the reported phenomena, attributing them to natural causes or psychological factors. However, the collective accounts and documented stories from individuals who have visited Forsyth Park do contribute to its reputation as a place of mystery and intrigue. The next stop on our tour is the Andrew Lowe House. Located at 329 Abercorn Street in Savannah, Georgia, the Andrew Lowe House is a magnificent Italianette-style mansion steeped in history. Today, it operates as a house museum, inviting visitors to explore its enchanting gardens and take a tour of the historical mansion adorned with a exquisite antiques. The story of the Andrew Lowe house begins with its namesake, Andrew Lowe. Leaving Scotland at the age of 16, he made his way to America and settled in Savannah. After working at his uncle's cotton firm, he eventually became a partner. In 1848, Lowe married Sarah Cecile Hunter and embarked on the ambitious endeavor of constructing his dream home in Savannah's esteemed residential district. To bring his vision to life, Lowe sought the expertise of renowned New York architect John Norris, famed for his design of Savannah's Custom House. Completed in 1848, the mansion boasted intricate cast iron railings and side balconies, reflecting the elegant Italianette architectural style. Sadly, before the mansion's completion, tragedy struck as Sarah and their young son fell victim to illness, leaving Lowe devastated and a single father to two daughters. Despite the heartbreak, Lowe moved his family into their new home, a testament to his rise in wealth. He later remarried Mary Stiles, the daughter of William Henry Stiles, the U.S. minister to Austria. Together, they had a daughter named Juliet Gordon Lowe, who would gain fame as a founder and president of the Girl Scouts. Over the years, 
The Andrew Lowe House played host to numerous notable figures. Juliet Gordon Lowe carried the family's legacy and achieved great success as the founder of the Girl Scouts. Living a life of adventure, she traveled the world with her husband, William McKay Lowe. After their separation and his subsequent passing, Daisy, as she was affectionately known, returned to Andrew Lowe House and established the American Girl Guides, which later evolved into the American Girl Scouts. While the Andrew Lowe House is renowned for its historical significance, it also has a reputation for paranormal activity, or else we wouldn't be talking about it. Former employees and visitors have reported encounters with supernatural phenomena within its walls. One well-known spirit is referred to as Tom, a friendly ghost believed to have served as a butler. Visitors have witnessed objects moving on their own, and the sound of Tom's footsteps can be heard echoing throughout the house. Legend has it that the ghost of Robert E. Lee also lingers within the Andrew Lowe house. Witnesses have described an apparition resembling the esteemed general, elegantly dressed and excluding an air of distinction. However, there have been no reports of interactions with the living, suggesting that this manifestation may just be residual energy. Another eerie occurrence is the mysterious movement of a rocking chair, a cherished family heirloom. It is believed that the spirit of Andrew Lowe may be responsible for the supernatural phenomenon. Additionally, visitors have reported catching whiffs of perfume on the grand staircase, potentially linked to Andrew Lowe's second wife, Mary, or the lingering presence of Juliet Gordon Lowe. During daytime hours, the owner and board of directors of the Andrew Lowe House do not actively encourage discussions about his paranormal reputation. However, those seeking to experience the haunted ambiance can participate in ghost tours such as the Grave Tales Ghost Tour offered by Ghost City. In a Reddit thread dedicated to the Andrew Lowe House, users shared their experiences and opinions concerning a captivating photograph captured in the house. The image, taken by the original poster's wife, displayed a reflection in a mirror that seems to reveal two additional figures standing behind a roped-off section adjacent to the window. Here are some noteworthy comments from the thread. One user meticulously analyzed the image's quality, expressing skepticism about its resolution and suggesting it might have undergone cropping and resaving and potentially distorted the details. Another user pointed out the small size of faces in the photo, making it challenging to ascertain if they were indeed faces or simply light reflections off someone's hair. The original poster shared that their wife's account of capturing the photo explaining that she was the only person facing the opposite direction and capturing off the mirror's reflection. They also mentioned that the roped-off area behind the figures was inaccessible to guests. Users engaged in debates about the clothing worn by the figures, and one person speculated that they resembled Russian peasants from the late 1800s or early 1900s. However, others questioned the presence of Russian peasants in Savannah during that particular era. Several Redditors familiar with Savannah acknowledged the city's rich history of supernatural experiences and expressed their belief in the possibility of paranormal activity in the Andrew Lowe house. One visitor did mention that the eerie experience of smelling roses while ascending the staircase at the Andrew Lowe house further contributed to its haunting atmosphere, and the thread featured discussions about the directions the figures were facing, their clothing, and whether they could be real individuals rather than apparitions. All to say, Reddit is a wormhole. Don't go down it unless you want to spend some time reading all of the posts. It's important to note that the experiences and opinions shared in the Reddit thread are subjective. They're based on personal beliefs and interpretations. There's a lot of trolls out there. I'm not saying the photo was real. I I don't really have a feeling one way or the other. While some users expressed skepticism or provided an alternative explanation, others found the photograph to be intriguing and offered their thoughts on the potential paranormal nature of the figures. These firsthand accounts from the thread contribute to the ongoing discussion and intrigue surrounding the Andrew Lowe house and its reported supernatural occurrences. Mike and I did have the chance to visit the house at night, and as we walked through the door, you could almost sense the energy change. There were a ton of old artifacts in the house, and some say energy is tied to them. I couldn't help but get an eerie feeling as I stood at the base of the servant stairs specifically. Maybe it was just the fact that I was in an old house with a lot of history, but I definitely felt different than I did in all of the other rooms. I didn't have any standout experiences while we were there, but if anyone has, definitely let me know. So next, we're going to move to the Colonial Park Cemetery in Savannah. And let me tell you, if my ghost app really works, this is the place that freaking convinced me. I used two different applications while in the cemetery. One was the M2 app that I spoke about before, and one was an SLS application. 
It ultimately uses the iPhone's camera to map out people and apparitions as stick figures. You can almost think of it as like an Xbox Connect, where if it sees a body, it's going to map it out on the screen. So before I get into our experiences, let me tell you a little bit of history around the cemetery. The cemetery located in Savannah, Georgia, has garnered a reputation for being one of the most haunted places in the city. Ghost City, a ghost tour company, starts its Beyond Good and Evil tour at the front gate of the Colonial Park Cemetery due to its haunted reputation. Visitors on the tour have reported witnessing shadowy figures moving along the headstones and burial vaults, and some have claimed to see a green mist floating through the cemetery. One of the most famous ghost stories associated with Colonial Park Cemetery is the tale of Rene Rondalier. According to the story, Rene's ghost is said to roam the cemetery or hang from the hanging tree located towards the back of the cemetery. Rene was believed to have been a large person standing nearly seven feet tall, and he was allegedly caught after murdering two young girls within the cemetery. A mob was organized to find and lynch him. After his hanging in a nearby square, residents started reporting sightings of a large shadowy figure walking the grounds of Colonial Park, which was Rene's favorite place to play. However, it's important to note that historical records do not support the existence of Rene Rondalier or the murder of two young girls in the cemetery. The story appears to be a popular ghost tale, but lacks a factual basis. Another aspect of the Colonial Park Cemetery history is its connection to voodoo ceremonies. Savannah has had a thriving voodoo culture, and it's known that voodoo practitioners at times use Colonial Park Cemetery for their rituals. Visitors to the cemetery would occasionally find remnants of voodoo ceremonies with soil from graves being used in rituals and occasional grave raiding to obtain human bones. While the extent of voodoo rituals at Colonial Park Cemetery may be debated, it's widely acknowledged that the cemetery had no connections to voodoo practices. There are also rumors about the dueling grounds near the south wall of the Colonial Park Cemetery. It's said that this area served as a dueling grounds when dueling was legal in Savannah. However, there's no definitive evidence to support this claim. Another rumor suggests that the dueling grounds were used as a mass grave for victims of the yellow fever epidemics, but ground-penetrating radar scans have not detected any bodies in that area. Colonial Park Cemetery has had its share of misplaced bodies throughout history. Major General Nathaniel Green, a Revolutionary War hero, was originally buried in the Graham family vault within the cemetery. However, his body, along with that of his son, George Washington Green, was lost for about 30 years. In 1901, the bodies were finally located in the Graham Mossman family vault during an inspection, and they were subsequently moved to their final resting place in Johnson Square in 1902. While exploring Colonial Park Cemetery, Visitors may encounter various ghostly phenomena. Shadows moving among the headstones and mist figures floating through the cemeteries have been reported by both ghost tour guests and individuals conducting their own investigations. Some people even captured electronic voice phenomena, EVPs, during their visits with recordings containing ghostly voices. Okay, so now it's time to tell you about our experiences because I am literally freaking out right now. As I'm researching, I'm getting more and more geeked out, to be honest. Okay, so remember how I mentioned that we used the SLS camera and the M2? We had a few strange experiences. I would say the absolute weirdest came from the SLS camera. We recorded a few apparitions leaning up against gravestones, and I'll post these images on the corresponding blog post to this episode on our website, which is linked in the show notes. But as I panned the camera to the right, I shit you not, I caught a body of someone tall hanging from a tree. I feel nauseous because I literally had zero clue about the hanging tree when we went there. I actually stopped recording after I saw it because it made me so nauseous in the moment. Seriously, if anyone knows anything about this, please reach out to me. I will make sure this ends up on the blog as well. I'm not even kidding when I tell you the picture of this thing, the stick figure is hanging from a tree, like arms dangling. It is creepy. We did catch a few EVPs while in the cemetery as well. Mike and I had just gone to Leopold's ice cream, which we'll talk about in a minute. But we were talking about how good it was and how it was the best ice cream I've literally ever had. And my phone then brought up an EVP that was taken that said taste. Maybe my phone heard us. Maybe it was a coincidence. Or maybe it was a ghost in the cemetery who loves ice cream just like us. Who knows? 
We also got EVPs that said no and master. Speaking of Leopold's, Leopold's is a cafe in Savannah, Georgia, that's known for its delicious ice cream and nostalgic ambiance, but also for its reported hauntings. Over the years, several ghostly encounters and eerie experiences have been reported by the employees and visitors, adding to the mystique of this beloved establishment. One of the most well-known ghost stories associated with Leopold's involves the presence of a former employee named Alice, According to local legends, Alice was a dedicated worker at the cafe during the 1950s. Tragically, she passed away in a car accident near the establishment. Since then, her spirit is believed to have lingered in the cafe, with reports of flickering lights, mysterious footsteps, and even sightings of a ghostly figure resembling Alice. Numerous accounts suggest that Alice's ghost remains attached to Leopold's, often manifesting as a playful presence. Employees have reported the unexplained instances of items being moved, doors opening and closing on their own, and a sense of someone watching over them. Some have even claimed to see a woman in a vintage uniform, believed to be Alice, walking through the cafe before disappearing into thin air. While those stories contribute to the cafe's haunted reputation, it's important to note that they fall within the realm of local folklore and personal experiences. No scientific evidence has been presented to verify the existence of these supernatural occurrences, but nevertheless, they have become an integral part of Leopold's intriguing history. Also, their ice cream is just literally bomb. There's usually a line all the way down the street. Go get it if you have the chance. So the final stop on our tour of Savannah will be the Perkins and Son Ship Chandlery. Located at the heart of the bustling port area, it has a reputation that extends beyond its maritime history. It's believed to be haunted with numerous accounts of paranormal activity reported over the years. This iconic establishment, known for its enduring charm and unique offerings, has captured the imagination of both locals and visitors alike. So join us as we explore the haunted tales and ghostly encounters associated with Perkins and Son's ship chandlery. Perkins and Sons is said to be home to several ghost residents, each with their own story and presence. One of the most well-known spirits is believed to be Captain Samuel Perkins, the original owner of the Chandlery. According to local lore, Captain Perkins was a distinguished seafarer who met his untimely demise during a violent storm at sea. His spirit is said to linger within the walls of the ship Chandlery, keeping a watchful eye on his beloved establishment. Another prominent ghostly figure often encountered at Perkins and Son's ship Chandlery is Amelia, a young girl who is believed to have perished tragically in a fire that engulfed the building in the late 19th century. Visitors and employees have reported hearing the faint laughter of a child, feeling a playful tug on their clothes, and witnessing objects mysteriously moving on their own. The haunted reputation of Perkins and Son's ship Chandlery is further reinforced by numerous eerie occurrences reported by those who have spent time within its walls. Employees have recounted hearing disembodied footsteps, whispering voices, and the sound of doors creaking open and closing on their own. Some have claimed to catch glimpses of shadowy figures darting across its dimly lit corridors, only to disappear when approached. Visitors to the Chandlery have also had their fair share of ghostly encounters. Some have felt a sudden drop in temperature, accompanied by a distinct feeling of being watched. Others have experienced unexplained electrical disturbances, such as flickering lights or malfunctioning equipment in areas that no logical explanation can be found. Given the Chandlery's haunted reputation, paranormal investigators and enthusiasts have been drawn to the Chandlery in hopes of capturing evidence of the supernatural. These investigations include using various tools that we've talked about in this episode to document and analyze potential paranormal activity. So Mike and I wanted to visit the Chandlery because of all the merit time objects that are stored within its walls, so we went on a ghost tour which stops at this location. The tour itself offered an immersive, kind of cheap thrills-like experience within the chandlery that at least got us into the doors, and when inside, I ran my M2 application, and within the roughly 10 minutes that we were in the building, I got 10 EVPs, which is wild. They didn't make a ton of sense once again, so maybe it was fake, but I got the following words, including towel, lead, Will, romantic, alive, microphone, hurry, ask, Nevada, and partner. The romantic one I think is funny because at one point in the tour, they shut off the lights and there's a loud bang and someone pops up and it looks like a ghost and it scared the crap out of us and I grabbed Mike's leg and it was right around the time that I got romantic. So maybe it was making fun of us. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was fake. 
So the haunted reputation of Perkins and Son ship chandlery adds an intriguing layer to the historical significance. As a place deeply rooted in maritime history, the chandlery has witnessed the comings and goings of countless sailors, seafarers, and some who have left their mark beyond physical realm. One chilling ghostly tale associated with the chandlery involves a sailor named Benjamin Thompson. Legend has it that Thompson was a crew member of a ship that docked in the port city and he frequently visited the building during his time ashore. Tragically, Thompson met his demise at sea, and it's said that his spirit remained bound to the chandlery ever since. Visitors have reported hearing disembodied footsteps following them throughout the building, with some even claiming to have seen the ghostly apparition of a sailor in period attire. Despite the eerie tales and ghostly encounters, Perkins and Son ship chandlery continues to embrace its haunting legacy. It's become a popular destination for ghost tours and paranormal enthusiasts who are fascinated by supernatural reputation. The owners, acknowledging the allure of the paranormal, have preserved the building's historical charm while accommodating those who want a spooky experience. Whether one believes in the paranormal or not, the haunted tales and ghostly encounters associated with this building have an undeniable contribution to its allure and historical significance. The blending of maritime history and spectral legends creates an atmosphere of intriguing and mystery that continues to captivate visitors from around the world. When you walk in, they have so many old artifacts, including coffins and other creepy things. I feel like there's no way that energy is not tied to that building at least to the things inside of it. So this is where I'll leave you until next time. As we continued our walk around Savannah, I received a few more EVPs, including war, black, answer, yell, toothpaste, booger, identify, Geraldine, publish, Judith, Brian, and Utah. So if you know any of these people or know why any of these would have been said, let me know. We also caught a really weird SLS video. It was more funny than anything, but it was a figure sitting in the passenger seat of an empty parked car. I'll link the photo to our blog post as well for that. Thanks for joining me on this spooky adventure. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to give us a follow on your favorite streaming service. Also, if you'd like to support our podcast with a one-time donation, you can find the link in our show notes. You can join our monthly membership too and gain access to some really sweet perks, including getting access to our episodes early as soon as I have them ready to go. That way, you don't need to wait until Tuesdays. Have a place that you'd like us to check out? Shoot us an email at talesfromtheroadlore at gmail.com or drop us a note on our website. If you have a story from Savannah that you would like for us to share or really just any of the places we've visited so far, feel free to submit that on our website as well and I'm happy to read them out. So until next week where we're going to return to our regularly scheduled episode on the Devil's Tree in Port St. Lucie as well as Jonathan Dickinson State Park, And just as a little sneak peek, I went to both locations and got actual EVPs with a voice recorder from both. So it's going to be a cool episode. So there you have it, my friends, our spine-tingling exploration of Savannah's haunted tales. From the Moon River Brewing Company to all the other haunted places in Savannah, thanks for listening, and we'll talk again soon. This is Jackie, signing off.